Hello and welcome back to Sea Red UK, where quite simply it's Chicago Bulls Sing. This podcast is part of the Fans First Sports Network. Wherever you're listening, rate, review, subscribe, helps us out and ensures you don't miss another episode. And we're back on YouTube, so give us the I'm confused now, it's that long since I've done it. Thumbs up, hit the bell, and leave some comments down below. And I am Matt, and it's been a while, about six months now. Um, but I am once again <laughs> Joined by Neil. He's back off his holidays, as you can see. Yes. Uh, I'm glad to be here. How are we, Neil? Brilliant. Tired, but brilliant. Um, yeah, I could do it. I could do with another holiday uh, to get over that holiday. But uh, seemingly, I, I'd be shot if I did that by both you, my basketball club, and also my, <laughs> my wife, probably, to add into that as well. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask how, how was the holiday, but no one really cares. No, that's fine. Uh, no how was the holiday uh, it was brilliant um i have to say I, and it was all topped off uh with the last night getting to go see an nba game so and uh, no, it was really enjoyable um bloody costly uh sorry americans but you charge too much for everything especially food <laughs> um it, it used to be too bad when the currency exchange was okay but now it's like for like euro for dollar so it's it's crippling but um anyway enough about my financial woes we had a good time <laughs> Yeah, and as you say, you did a little bit of scouting for us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bucks versus Magic on Saturday night, obviously. Bit of scouting ready for this week for Bulls. Um, yeah. Obviously, we did play Pistons the day after, which, mm-hmm. well, we haven't covered yet. Well, nope. I haven't covered, you haven't covered because you haven't been here. Um, I haven't covered for a while. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first one. Your debut for the 23-24 season, isn't it? Yeah, it is, actually. I mean, I was on a couple of the live threads, or at least in part, um, watching the games while I was over there. But uh, obviously the games were at a reasonable hour in in the States, which meant my family were around me, which meant watching the games was never easy. But um, Yeah, technically like a UK-friendly tip for you, aren't they, which don't work? No, UK-friendly tips don't work for me at all. (laughs) But yeah, that's it. Since my last episode last week, we have played Pistons. Mm-hmm. Um, you were in the air, or most of it, weren't you? I was, yeah. No, the first kind of maybe quarter, I was going through the boarding process. Um, I was really hopeful that I might be able to catch the second half of the game in flight, but the Wi-Fi was just shocking. Uh, just wasn't good enough, um, unfortunately. So I was unable to to catch it until... The following day um which i attempted twice because the first time i tried to watch it i think i was just zoned out um so i had to, like I had to go back and revisit it <laughs> yeah, zoned out like most bulls fans watching bulls at the minute you're probably better off right now right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll let you get into that in a little minute yeah absolutely but yeah obviously pistons we ended up with a 119 108 win mm-hmm. and i know you don't go into any game expecting a win you kind of expect to beat Pistons, don't you? Especially well, we after Pistons last time. I was gonna say, especially after that, which yeah, I did say last week if we lost this one to Pistons, this podcast could have been very mm. different. Um, it still could be very different, depending how things go. Got quite a bit to get into. Uh yeah, I mean, what did you make of it? Uh yeah, like you say, uh, I really expected a bounce back win we did get one um it was very slow to start 
Um, mm. I mean, we. It's never good when you start a game with a scoring drought. Yeah, the only thing that that helped us was that Pistons were exactly the same. Um, yeah, they they were shocking. We were shocking. It was pretty much awful to watch um, for the first three and a half four minutes. Uh, it, it did pick up thankfully, and you know a, bit, a little bit of uh, to and fro to begin with. But then the balls kind of they did take control of the game, and and Demar looked particularly good in that game. Um, best I think I'd seen him look all season mm. um, and, and we came away with a dub yeah obviously Demar did end up with our bull of the game um, mm. I think it's only the fourth fourth one we was able to give out so far this season so not been many to choose from to be fair um, I thought Ayo had a good game in it yeah uh, I think Ayo's been really... quite impressive actually this season so far yeah which Something we'll we'll get into in a little bit. I'd have thought with not just Io, but the role players in general. Yeah, um, yeah, and then obviously we backed it up last night with a trip to Milwaukee. Uh, one eighteen, one oh nine loss. Yeah, I know you say I said you don't go into a game expecting to win, but you also don't really expect to lose. But you kind of do expect to lose against Milwaukee. Uh, obviously. You'd kind of said from your little scouting trip that what you kind of what well, you said to me what you made of the Bucks team, um, and for me that game was there to be won. Yeah, it was. But Bucks don't look good. You know, take Yanis out, and that's when we started to dominate. Yeah. And as soon as he's back in, that's it. It just goes to crap, and we seem to forget how to play basketball like we did in the first four minutes or whatever it was again letting them go into a 17 point lead yeah we clawed it back took the lead and then let them go 17 points up again and just couldn't get back into it not helped by zach and damar basically building houses with the amount of bricks that they were throwing uh obviously vooch sort of top scorer again one for us you know it it seems to me when when Vooch is looking like our best offensive player, we're crap. I know they want the ball to go through him and they want it to get into the paint and all that, but it seems to be when he's our top scorer and he's, Vooch is sort of feeling it as such, the rest of the team don't. Mm. And Vooch isn't enough to win us games. You know, on on his own anyway. That that's how I sort of been looking at it. But um, yeah, obviously you were watching this one live. Uh, you did yeah. have a little interruption. Yeah. So, uh, jet lagged toddler. Um, yeah. Four year old <laughs> jumping on their head. Um, at two a.m. But yeah, uh, aside from that, what did you think of the game? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I actually ended up missing the the part of the third quarter where the bucks went back on a run and regained the lead so while i was trying to get him to go back to bed again i came down and the bulls had closed the gap when i let when i left and i came back down and then i said i think i said in, in the thread like what the hell yeah. happened because Nothing. like i mean i wasn't gone long <laughs> and when i came back down maybe three minutes and they'd mm. gone on this dominating run that that was just not not going to be recovered um 
it's like I said at the start of the Pist- or from the start of the Pistons game, you can't start a game in 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 a, in a deficit if if you can't put some sort of score on the board in the first three or four minutes of an NBA game, and you have three primary core players that are meant to be able to put the ball in the bucket what the hell is going on mm. do you know and i'm going to get more into this in, in a little while i'm gonna have my little rant but you know you have two elite scorers on the team in demar and zach and they went what was it three for 26 yeah zach was five and 19 demar was three or 40 that was at the end of the game but i'm talking about what was it mid into midway into the third quarter yeah because zach realized he was actually in a game didn't he in the last sort of five minutes or so yeah he wanted to he wanted to he, pad his own stats yeah when he shouldn't have actually been in the game in my opinion no, but he should have been sat down yeah i mean yeah, zach blood, blood is rising i'm going to <laughs> try and take a breath <laughs> i mean when you look at you know if you're a box score watcher i mean i've seen a few comments going around on posts that i've put out whether it was on facebook or twitter whatever yeah. Um, and people saying they don't understand why there's so much hate for Zach. And it's, it was like 20 points, eight rebounds, five assists, whatever it was he got. I can't remember the exact. And, it, you know, that's a, apart from the 20 points, that's a decent looking stat line. Yeah. But as it always with Zach, it doesn't lead to wins because for what, three and a half quarters, he might as well have not been on the court. Yeah, you know I mean, it was in, in that last five minutes where books had kind of maybe switched off a little bit. Um, that he actually decided, oh, I can hit threes, I can get to the rim. And I mean, I'm just not going to get too much into Zach because I know we're, we're going to get into it in a minute. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, the, that Pistons win, going back to that, to, it's like any win at the minute, just masks the problems that this Bulls team's got. And I can't get too excited by a win, especially a win over Pistons, you know what I mean? Hmm. And, yeah, we you kind of expect to lose to Bucks, but it's the manner in what we're losing these games. That's yeah. what's pissing me off the most at the minute is the lack of effort, the slow starts, the fact that this... I'm not even going to call them the big three anymore because they're just three starters, in my opinion, now. The, you know, our main three starters don't look like they've ever played basketball with each other yeah. and <laughs> you know so yeah um that's them two games out of the way because it's just annoying and just to depress everybody further i'll uh, throw it to you to go over the last well 11 games now how are you feeling from the whole whole season so far uh, yeah you know i'm gonna go a little bit p will i'm gonna sit back i'm gonna relax um I'll pretend let I'm the not game here. come to you. Yeah, I'm going to pretend I'm not here, like P. Will, and uh, I'll let you be Tory Craig and <laughs> show me how it's done. And I will occasionally interject with a big steal or a, an occasional rebound, whatever. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> well, I say fair enough, but uh, I don't necessarily agree with that analogy. Yeah, I'm, but sure, anyway. I'm sure you've probably got something to say on P. Will in this. I, I do, and I can skip straight to that <laughs> if you like. I mean, um, personally, my perspective on P. Will has shifted, but I'm not out on him. Um, yeah, I, no. I don't think he's deserving of the hate and the stick that he's getting. 
I think people have held on a little bit too much to the fourth pick and the ceiling that was put on him at the beginning. Um, guilty as charged for a long time myself. And I have to say that, I mean, you've even said it yourself. We talked about this. P- if P-Will ends up being a good role player on this team, we'll be happy enough with that. Mm. And I mean, okay, this season so far, he's been good and he's been shit. But Standard. if people can temper their expectations, like we said, and lower the expectations that are put on him and, and kind of put more of a realistic look at, okay, what can P will bring to this club? Is he better if he leaves and goes somewhere else? Or is he better if we just hold on to him and maybe use him as a bench role player as opposed to, oh, he's shit, get rid of him. Um, I still think he's played some pretty solid games, some pretty solid minutes for us off the bench so far. Um, he certainly played well in the game last night. Um, I do think that whatever it is that's in his head that holds him back, it's beginning to look like he may never be able to wrestle with that himself and bring out the game that we all know should be there based on his skill level and his potential talent and his physique. So putting that aside, putting that into a little box for a little while, and just looking at what he is bringing to the to the team, I still think P-Will is a commodity that we need to hang on to. Um, I know you're completely out on him. I know you're done with him. Um, and I think that's something that we are going to differ on for a long time to come until he's either no longer a bull or until he proves me right. So um, that's yeah. my take on P-Will. Um, the, prob- the biggest problem with him and this is the thing that frustrates everybody is his consistency in his headspace. When he's playing with confidence and when he's playing with belief, he is incredibly uh, interesting to watch, exciting to watch. And you do start falling back into that trap of, Oh, is, is this it? Is this, is he going to, is he going to start? And, but you know, full well, the next game is, is going to turn into a ghost. So we kind of have to temper our expectations with people. Yeah. I know you're dying, dying to shoot me down. No, I mean, obviously I've said a few times now that I'm sick of talking about him. And yeah. it's this, this very reason, you know, like I agree. He, he looked good last night. He was getting, getting in the passing lanes, you know, yeah. grabbing steals, grabbing blocks. Um, getting rebounds. Kind of. Three. Um, Come on, three. <laughs> Yeah, it's better than the non that you put up against Pistons the night before, I guess. But yeah, um, you know, he hit a couple of threes last night, um, and obviously at that point where Tory Craig got took out, and obviously people got brought in to sort of close the game, it's kind of like, has he done it as a tactical decision, or is it because it's just see, let's see what people can do in garbage time, essentially, um. And I was against it. I, I think I tweeted some. It was whatever Casey Johnson had tweeted about it. But then Pewell comes in, hits a three, grabs a block or a steal, whatever it was, and it's like, well, yeah, maybe it did work. And mm. but I can't sing his praises after a game like that because I know that tomorrow night against Magic, he'll be on the bench. He'll come off the bench. He'll 
fumble a, a dribble or whatever. He'll brick his threes. He'll, you know, it's just like you say, it's that consistency. And I think now, like you say, as well, like you say, people have got to forget that he was that fourth or stop calling him the fourth pick. He's essentially a bench player and mm. at the minute. And you've got to kind of think, is he doing that well enough now? And then can he eventually get himself back into that starting lineup or is he forever going to be a bench player? He was a bench player in college right. when he was there. So is that where he's comfortable? And if that does happen to be where he's comfortable, hopefully he can put himself into sixth man of the year contention so that he's a reliable player coming off the bench. Or otherwise, we've drafted a bench player at four. And that's just not going to sit well, is it? No, it's not. But at this stage, when you look at the whole team and the current state of affairs, you have to kind of forget about the number four pick side of it for now and just accept the fact that he's bringing what he's bringing from the bench. And that's actually something that we need. But what we really need, and he's just proven at the moment anyway, he is just not it is we need a starter at the four because I mean, I like Tori Craig. I like what he's bringing. I like what he's doing. I like the energy he's bringing. But like you said, in, in one of your pods, while I was, uh, while I was off sunning myself in Orlando, um, he's not the answer either. I mean, he comes in and he picks up three, four fouls in the first half of the game. And, and then you're kind of stuck anyway. Yeah. They're both essentially playing the exact same role, not just the fact that they're both playing the four, but the fact that they're both playing, pretty good bench four roles yeah and what we need is a starter at four and that's something we just don't have and we haven't had for a while yeah exactly so i mean i like tory craig uh, obviously i've always liked p will um but at this stage i'm like they can both pad the four and the three but they aren't the answer they aren't the starters that we need and um, so yeah. that's yeah anyway yeah yet so that's uh that's my kind of take on that um before i get into anything else as well um mentioning coming back from from orlando and i said this to you but uh i was getting my bags checked in and the guy that i was talking to in in uh mco airport in orlando it turned out that he was actually a bulls fan lovely fella really really helped us out with the fact that we were slightly overweight on our baggage and um he uh, he let it slide once I got talking to him about basketball. Um, so I just like to say, hey, Zeus, listen, thank you very much. Uh, he said he was going to tune into this episode. So thanks for all your help. Always nice to, to meet a fellow Bulls fan, uh, especially in Orlando, where I didn't expect to find one. Was he um, a depressed Bulls fan the same as everybody else? Um, well, I mean, he was probably not allowed to look depressed while he was at work. So I'm sure <laughs> if I met him in the bar and had a chat with him, we probably would have drowned our sorrows together. But uh, no. Um, no, we, we were able to talk basketball for a couple of minutes and, uh, and I pointed him in the direction of, of Sirage UK. So hopefully he's tuned in. So you didn't um, get a recruiting while he was over there. Yeah, exactly. Scouting, exactly. recruiting. Hey, listen, you, you said I was sleeping, doing nothing. Uh-huh. Are you after AK's job? <laughs> well, somebody needs to do something, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so moving on, I guess, uh, taking into every, everything else into account. I won't touch on Zach purely because I think we both want to discuss him 
especially with mm. the breaking news that's just kind of come out. It's still kind of unofficial at the moment, um, but we'll get into that in a moment. Uh, um, but I think talk about the other um, the other A player that we have in Demar, um, and we said during the off season and coming into this season that we actually wanted Demar to defer slightly and sit back into that role of being more of a facilitator and not trying to take the ball as much. And I think he's done that. Now, whether it's because of father time, as a lot of people have said, or whether it's by choice or by injury, you know, I, I'm not entirely sure, but I think it's, it's probably <clears throat> a choice decision. He's deferring. He's trying to allow Kobe to control the ball and bring the ball up more, or Carter when he gets his two and a half minutes of the game. Um, yeah. is what we wanted to see, but it's not working. And I think a lot of the reason why it's not working is because with him deferring, that's put the ball more in Zach's hands. And as we will discuss <laughs> shortly, that's a big reason as to why it's not really happening. And I think Kobe isn't looking as dominant as he did at the start of the season. I think he has fallen off slightly. Um, showing more of that inconsistency that we've been kind of seeing in the past with Kobe. Um, but he's definitely still showing flashes of what we want to see from him. Um, his ball handling has definitely improved. His passing has improved, but he gets himself a little bit too deep sometimes and then kind of gets stuck and doesn't really know what to do to get out of it. Uh, but apart from that, Kobe has certainly been one of the few good things in the team. Um, mm just not quite as consistent maybe as I'd like to see. Um, moving on then, um, I reckon Javon Carter must have forgotten Billy Donovan's birthday or something because uh, he seems to have upset him to the point of not seeing the minutes that he's probably deserving of. The, the new Andre Drummond. Yeah, see, and, and Drummond is actually getting more minutes uh, at the moment. That's mm. kind of probably, well, not a lot, <laughs> but he's been getting a few. Um, a few more possibly than last season. But uh, Javon Carter, yeah. I mean, he, he, he's coming in, and as you've talked about in, in, in the pods without me, he's got the hot hand, and then Billy goes, good stuff, take a seat. Yeah. Oh, you, you're hitting your threes at 50%. Take a seat. Yeah. We, we don't yeah. need them. No. Yeah. I mean... And, and not just take a seat, but sit for about 20 minutes as well. Exactly. Or like 20 minutes. Do you know, take a seat, which I understand, players rotate, that's part of the game that is a big part of the game and, that, and that's down on the coach and that's what's meant to happen. And I'm not complaining that he's being sat down, but what I am complaining about is the fact of when he is sat down. And like mm. you say, how long for when a player has got the hot hand, you go to that player. And that's something that we've complained about with Vooch over the years, when Vooch is getting his bunnies and the ball is going into him and he's scoring. And then all of a sudden we stop doing it. And it's the mm. same thing now with Javon, when he's hitting those threes, Billy kind of says, right, okay, you've done well now. Let's see if somebody else can get in and do the same thing. No, leave it to the player that's hot until they go cold and then pull them out. Yeah. But what he does is he pulls them out when the, he pulls them out when he's hot, sits him down, and gives him enough time on the bench to get cold again. Yeah. And then struggles to get back into the game because right. the game's moved on. Exactly. You know, exactly. And, yeah. It's like I said. Billy needs to stop with these rigid rotations and player minutes. You know, it seems as if 
Javon Carter, right, you're only going to get 12 minutes. Don't care how hot you get, you're right. only playing 12 minutes. Right. You know, once you've hit 10 minutes, get ready to sit, basically. I don't care if you're 100% from three. I don't care if you're the absolute dog on defence. You know, that, that full-court defence that he does, how many times has he managed to grab a steal and then got the bucket straight from it? Do you know what I mean? We've seen it about two or three times so far. Nobody else on the Bulls is doing that, you know, yeah. and it's that energy that we need. And then, like you said, Billy just uh, just take a seat, and that's it. The momentum's gone then, and you see that swing. And then, whether it's Kobe comes back in or whatever it happens to be, Kobe just there's a lot of effort, and some of it's good, some of it's not, you know. And that the, you know, Kobe will come in and he'll take three threes and miss all of them and they go down the other end and they hit a three uh, it's just like if you'd have just left Javon in for that little bit longer he could have got maybe another two threes or at least one three that just mm. turned the game slightly you know what I mean and it's the same with Drummond like he's been hot a couple you know we know what we're getting with Drummond <laughs> you're going to get three or four good plays in a row and then you're going to get one absolute brain fart and you think why is this guy even in the NBA but mm. that's Drummond we know that we love that and yeah you know he can be out there grabbing boards like was it against Pistons where you know double double within like 14 minutes or whatever it was and then Billy will say yeah take a seat sick of your rebounding it now and then <laughs> throw Vooch out there and Vooch comes back in and yeah Vooch is a double double king himself yeah. But his rebounding is not to the level of Drummond. You know, Drummond goes in and he'll fight for it. He'll, you know, once he's got it, he's not letting go of it. Vooch will go and he'll be hands up. Oh, it's over there. Let's stay here now. You know, and then that's it. Unless the ball goes to Vooch, it seems like you can't be bothered to, to rebound it properly. And right. again, it just kills that momentum. And there's been times where Vooch has been shocking with his little bunnies and his little hook shots whatever it is he's doing yet billy throws him back in and it's just like you've just killed the offense again you know what i mean at least when drummond's there something's gonna happen good or yeah. bad you know yeah. but the the two players that billy walked pull zach and demar right and to me last night was a perfect example where he could have Changes the rotation slightly and took one of them out and put, put P Will at the three instead of Demar. Leave Tory Craig in there. Just see what happens. You know, pull Zach, put Kobe alongside Javon Carr. Whatever it happens to be, just mix things up. Confuse books. Because everybody knows Billy's rotations now. We know who's going to be the sixth man. We know who's going to be the seventh man. We know that the seventh man's only going to come in for two minutes and then he's going to be yanked again. And then Demar's going to come back in and go ISO, or Zach's going to come in and shoot stupid threes. You know what I mean? And it just—it's too. Everything's too predictable. Should have yeah, been a title definitely. for tonight's thing. Predictable, but anyway. Yeah. Well, I think. Okay. On to Billy. <laughs> Seeing as that's the direction you've taken it, right? Billy is stuck to his game plan. Now, like you say, he sets out a certain amount of minutes for each player and how he wants it to play. And that seems to be it then. 
it's down there in black and white. And as far as he's concerned, he has to do it that way. And that's the way it's going to work. And that's the way it's going to play out, regardless of what's happening in the game. He cannot make adjustments or in-game decisions that go outside of that little box that he has set for himself, basically. That's where my frustration with Billy lies. It's not so much that I think he's a bad coach. And I know a lot of people are baying for his blood right now. Look, he's got his extension. He's not going anywhere as far as I can see, um, whether that's good, bad or indifferent. But my complaint about Billy is that lack of being able to make in-game adjustments to benefit the game that's in front of him. And a lot of that comes down to this having to change the rotation because it's time. It doesn't matter if it's time. Like we said, if 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 a player is hot, if Kobe's hitting his shots, if Javon Carter's hitting his threes, if Zach is hot, if Demar is hot, whoever it is that's playing particularly well, just because at the start of the game you wrote down, well, he's going to play six minutes in that quarter and he's going to play eight minutes. If they're playing well, you leave them in. Same way as if they're playing shit, it doesn't matter who it is. If it's Zach, if it's Demar, if it's Vooch, it doesn't matter who it is. If they're not playing well, sit them. Put somebody else in that could shake it up. But Billy doesn't seem to want to do that or has the capability to do that. And I don't know really why. But the, the big issue is we've seen now over the course of the last, what, three years nearly, that the system that he runs doesn't work with the personnel that he's working with. The players that he has... I'm not saying they're bad players and I'm not saying Billy's a bad coach, but the format, the overall foundation of the way it's being constructed and run is not working. It's just not working. OK, yeah, look, we can all look back and say, well, look, it did work when we had Lonzo. Yeah, it did. Because Lonzo was making those in-game decisions for Billy. So Billy didn't have to make them. Lonzo was that player. But Lonzo's gone. Lonzo's not coming back for the foreseeable future. So we have what we have and what we have is not working. It was the same. It was the same story under Fred Hoiberg. Mm -hmm. Fred Hoiberg came in as a coach that was told he would get a young team that he could make run. And what did he end up with? Dwayne Wade and Rajon Rondo, right? It, it was a case of the personnel didn't fit the game plan. And I think that's the exact same problem again I'm not comparing Billy to Hoiberg. I mean, obviously, Billy Donovan is a better coach. But the system doesn't match the players, and the players don't match the system. Billy's not going anywhere. So maybe it's time for Acme to look at finding players that do fit into Billy's system. I'm not saying blow it up. I'm not saying retool because I'm getting sick of all those ways of explaining it. But we need to restructure this team to fit around the way Billy wants them to play because this team can't do it. A change has got to happen. A change has got to happen. Um, and we'll get into that more in a minute, but it has to happen. Um, and in regards to that, especially with the way Billy seems to want to play, um, young players they're the natural future of any franchise, right? But they need a chance to develop and not just in a, in a Windy City Bulls jersey. They need a chance to develop on an NBA floor and they're not getting that opportunity. 
And they're not going to get that opportunity while you have a core three that are carrying so much weight and dead weight at the moment, but carrying so much weight that Billy is afraid to sit them down to give other younger players an opportunity to shine. And that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, that was going to be one of my sort of takes on it and it kind of go back to I.O. a little bit. Obviously, with Billy's rotations in general, obviously Caruso sat these last two games yeah. and you kind of thought, well, this is a chance for Javon to get the extra minutes, but they seem to have gone to I.O. Mm-hmm. Not a problem. I.O.'s been solid. He's looked good. Um Obviously, it dropped the rotation down to this nine-man rotation. And Javon Carter is now looking like the ninth man, essentially, in this rotation, what he's got. Yeah. And yet, we, you know, obviously, Dylan Terry's been injured for the last two games as well after his little stint down with Windy City again. Um, but you've got Julian Phillips there, who, and like you say, if you're not going to play him, what is the point in having him on the roster? Yeah, I get it. He's probably not NBA ready. So send him down to Windy City. Let him go down there where they've just started playing their regular or their whatever games it is they're playing. And I mean, what's he learning by going to a training session with Bulls and then sitting on the bench watching them? It's essentially Dylan Terry from last year without the Windy City games. Mm-hmm. And when you look at that Bucks team last night, and I can't remember the names exactly, and I can't remember when they come into the league, but they had that, is it Beauchamp? Bo, Bo, yeah. I can't say his name. Roger he was Beauchamp. starting as well. Yeah, he was starting, wasn't he? He wasn't, he wasn't drafted by Bucks though, was he? Wasn't he at Paces or somewhere random like that? Yeah. I think he's gone there in some sort of a trade, or I might be wrong on that. And then they had that, no, I think was, you're it, right. was it, they had that Cooper? as well i don't know if he was a pick that they got this year or he's been uh, traded to him from somewhere else in these trades that have gone on but there's two young players there that they're not star players but they're getting a chance and i mean i don't know exactly how good they are what the, the histories are but it's not just books that are doing it other teams do it look at miami how many players on that Miami roster can you actually name past, yeah. you know, the Bam, Jimmy, Tyler Hero? And you couldn't tell me anything about the past either. Like, is it um, High Smith, whatever his name is? And like last year, they had that Yustavan or whatever. They come in and, all right, they just, they just become like a solid role player. But they've been given a chance. Right. We we're just not in that position because we're always chasing a game or trying to put a game to bed. We never go into a fourth completely in control and go, you know, go on, have a few, have a decent run. You know, we never start a half and think, you know what, I'll give Julian Phillips a a couple of minutes in the third and see how he gets on and I'll bring him back in at the end of the third or start of the fourth, whatever, because we're never in a position to do it. And, it's kind of like, like you said, Billy's scared to put him in because, I don't know, is it going to daunt him? Is it going to over... You know, is it going to kind of ruin the career before it's even started because they're going in and they're getting... 
destroyed or whatever. But, but like I said before, do you not do you not think though if Billy was to put them in in the first quarter or second or third quarter, give them a couple of minutes. If it's not working, you can yank them again. Mm. But what he does is he, he he makes them sit on the bench, right, justifying them as 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 basically glorified cheerleaders, right, and then. In the absolute garbage time of the game, whether it's because we're winning or we're losing, he gives them minutes. Then they're, they're not learning enough. Then, Do you know, yeah, I mean, like you said, then whether we're winning or losing, you look back at the wins we've got. Did he? I, I don't know if he come on against Pistons, but that game, you know, we won by what eleven points. Pacers. I don't think they come in in that game because it was never fully guaranteed, was it? Do you know what I mean? The win until until it was finalised. The Raptors game, they were never going to get in in that one. And I can't remember who the other wins come against now. I mean, we haven't had that many of them. But, um, you know, I'm pretty sure that was probably quite a, a close one as well. Um, and you just kind of think, just like you said, put him out there. Like we saw it with Dale and Terry last year. Everybody wanted him in the rotations last year. Yet, for some strange reason, he had a poor summer league and now everyone's like shipping him off to China. So, you know what I mean? It, and we're, we're kind of seeing it with P. Will a little bit, aren't we? To be fair. Yeah. But, yeah. Patience has run out, I think, with, uh, with a lot of players and the irony behind it is a lot of the players okay people aside but a lot of the players that are kind of feeling the hot hand of or, or, or the the cold hand should i say of bulls nation are players that haven't been given a shot mm. do you know uh, and you're not they're not going to have it you know you're saying worrying about ruining their career but if, if they don't get a chance to play then their careers are done anyway yeah do you know bring them on and, and let them be the deciders of their own fate yeah, you know, I give mean, them the opportunity to win people over or bury themselves. Obviously, when people say about, or like what we've just said, a change has to happen. As yeah. you've got going across the bottom, is it time to blow it up? Is it a rebuild that's needed? The initial change has got to come internally. Yeah, it's got to come within the rotations. It's got to come with, like I say, giving Julian Phillips a run, giving Dylan Terry a run. Giving Javon Carter more minutes, um, yeah. throwing Terry Taylor out there, you know, because he's just become a cheerleader as well. And I'm not saying that these players are going to get us wins, but we don't know because we don't know what they can do, mm. you know. Yeah. And it's all right sending them down to Windy City like Dale, and hopefully Julian Phillips goes down there to get a bit of game time. We saw how good Terry Taylor was in the G League. That is it. It's the G League. And, you know, like, I like Terry Taylor. I think he's a solid, just plug him in, let him do what he needs to do, and then pull him after two minutes. That two minutes could be just enough just to disrupt their their sets, mm. spark a, a run for us, whatever, inject a little bit of energy because he's gone out and he's got three boards within, like, 30 seconds or something like that you just don't know and until we see them we're not gonna know but that mm. for me that's the first change that has to happen 
we have to start using the players that we've got because if they go to other teams as we'll get into in a minute them teams will use them they will and we've seen it with the likes of lowry um max Struess, even you know what i mean if you go further back yeah because teams have took a chance on them and they've played them when they've needed to be played we don't do that so you know i mean i don't know if you've uh got any more takes on the season or the blow it up yeah, thing before I've, I've we get into the <laughs> I've a couple more bits to say. I mean, I took a few notes to make sure I didn't miss anything. I've been taking them kind of over the course of the last few weeks. But um, the last couple of games, you've really noticed um, the absence of of Caruso. Uh, he's a huge difference maker in, in the rotation right now and in the squad right now. And that in and of itself is a problem. Yeah. You know, well, I think I said that on the last one, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, you brought it up, and and you're absolutely bang on the money. And you're not, you know, we're not the only people that are saying this. I mean, I've heard it across Twitter, and I've heard it on a couple of podcasts that I've been trying to catch up on as well. And when Alex Caruso, and I'm not taken away from from Elmer Fudd, I mean Alex Caruso uh, at all. Um, absolutely love the guy. I know you do too. Um, I think pretty much anyone that may have had any doubts about him. Has have realised what a difference maker he is on this team and on probably any team he'd step onto, both defensively and now he's stepped up um, a little bit offensively too. <laughs> called it, um, and that that is a problem. When Alex Caruso, same way as Lonzo Ball, when they're missing, that means that the whole team falls apart. That's that's an issue. Yeah, that I mean, is you kind of think when Demar sat or Zach sat, that's an issue. Right. But we're not, that's not the case. No, and like quite often we look better without them, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and that highlights more than anything for me that change is needed. Hmm. Because when you're core three or starting three, as you've now coined them, <laughs> Um, when they're not the ones that are the difference makers and the role players or the backups behind them are, then you have a fundamental issue within your team. Mm. Um, so I, I think that for me has really highlighted over the last two games um, how much change is required. Um, Vooch has been up and down. Uh, he's been getting kind of better as the as the season has gone on i think maybe a bit of a slow start which we've seen with him before um he's beginning to lock in a little bit more now but like you say and we've said this all the time about him defensively he will get those rebounds he stands in the right place um for defensive rebounds not necessarily for defensive stopping but for defensive rebounds he stands in the right place he's huge the ball comes anywhere near him he's got pretty good hands he'll he'll get the ball or he'll try and knock it out um, for somebody else to pick up the ball, which obviously if the other players aren't locked in, which they often aren't, the ball goes out and goes to the opposition. Unfortunately, I would prefer Vooch to try and jump a little bit higher, spread his weight, spread his shoulders a little bit more and actually grab the basketball more often. But that's just the way he plays. But Vooch doesn't pick up the boards in a big way offensively. Because offensively, he's either standing out at the arc or he's not, 
quite in the right position or he gets boxed out by their big, i.e. Yanis or whoever. Embiid is another one that... Yeah, exactly. Right. So... Or he takes an elbow to the the windpipe. Or he takes an elbow to... It was more of kind of... Well, it was more of a push into the windpipe, I thought, than an elbow, but... I mean, it anyway. looks 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 nasty. Well, he looked stunned by it. <laughs> let's put it that way. Um, yeah, so Vooch for me right now is the better of the starting three, right? And agreed. That's a problem because Vooch is not there to be a primary scorer. Out of the three of them, Vooch is essentially the number three option. And when he's kind of coming across as the best of the three of them, that's a problem. So for me, that means that, well, I don't think you're going to get as much off Vooch on the market anyway. For me, that means that Vooch is probably the one to keep and the other two are the ones to try and shop. But like I say, we'll get into that in a minute. (laughs) And I guess my last point I want to make about the last 11 games and then we'll talk about something else, is why the hell has the offence stagnated again like it did last year? It improved as the season went on last year. It looked a hell of a lot better in the off-season and summer league. And now it's gone progressively from looking quite good at the start of the season, game by game, the movement has stopped. The cutting has stopped. This, like four out one in or five out offense will only work if you have cutters it will only work if you have people making moves otherwise the defense is able to predict the offense way too easily they can see what's going to come they can see what's going to happen i mean it's a pretty predictable offense anyway without them the movement it becomes completely and utterly readable by pretty much every team in the NBA right now, they've all got the ball's number. They all know what they're going to do. The movement, all the movement is happening outside the three-point line and very little of it is happening in the paint. Um, P. Will needs to be cutting. Uh, okay, Tory Craig's been doing it a little bit the last couple of games. He's actually been moving in and out a little bit. Vooch needs to be going in and out a bit more. Drummond gets in there and doesn't seem to really know what to do. <laughs> Kobe, when he doesn't have the ball, needs to be cutting. Zach needs to be making moves. Demar needs to be. They all need to be in and out, cutting across. They all stand still and watch the person with the ball and wait for the ball to come to them. That is not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. It's it's far too easy to, to defend. It's far too easy to read. And they need to increase the movement. And that has to go back to the training sessions. So I do put that in the place of Billy and his team. If they aren't running the plays in the training sessions, then they're not going to run the plays on the floor. And if they are running those plays in the training session and they're not happening when they're on the floor, well, then Billy needs to start shaking fingers at people and start really making changes, sitting people down if they're not doing what he wants. Plain and simple. (laughs) Yeah. Told you I had a lot to say. <laughs> uh, is that everything you've got to say to now? Everything apart from Zach, yeah. Right. So before we get on to Zach, I'll send it to the ad read. 
obviously our partners at USA Sports. USA Sports is a UK-based sports merchandise retailer. They cover the NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB, as well as Formula One. From hats to hoodies, there's something for fans for every, from everywhere. Chicago Bulls, it's Team Red Bull, and everywhere in between. So check them out on all the socials and at usasports.co.uk. And at the minute, they are running a great offer of 25% off site-wide until the 27th of November, Cyber Monday, I think it is, mm-hmm. which is a Black Friday offer. So head to the site, get the codes, and uh, enjoy, basically. So, yeah, Zach Levine. Uh, we had quite a lot to say on him anyway. Yes. And then before we started recording, Shams decided to break Bulls Nation, Twitter-wise anyway, and yeah. um, basically come out and say that, well, things are progressing, that mm-hmm. Zach's ready to go, basically. Bulls are willing to listen to the right offers. Kind of what we've heard before, but because it's come from Shams and then uh, Darnell Mabry's added his little bit to it, Casey Johnson's added a little bit to it, yeah. makes it feel more real. Now, obviously, I would say people need to sort of lower their expectations a little bit. This isn't Zach has been traded. This is Bulls are willing to listen. Looks like Zach's checked out. We kind of can see that in his performances. Um, as Will Gottlieb has put, there's not a lot that can happen before the 15th of December. Anybody that's worth picking up is probably not available for a trade until then. Does uh, kind of work out with what Daniel Mabry said that within a month this roster won't look the same because within a month. We're at the 15th of December. Mm-hmm. Shock. Now, my thing is, have we left it too late? And are we going to end up making a bad move just to make a move? It's mm. a fair question. Now, I mean, before we get into that bit, I was dead against Zach being the one to get traded. For so long, you know, he's essentially the franchise player, and that again is a reason why they've got to be really careful with what they do because he's not necessarily the best player on the team, but he has been the franchise player for the last what eight years now. You don't just move your franchise player, and like I say, if we end up underselling him, what are we going to get back, and is that enough to replace a franchise player? I mean, he's not a franchise player to the level of Steph Curry, you know, Jason Tatum, whoever it happens to be. But he has been the Bulls franchise player. He's the face of Bulls. You know, every marketing campaign, who's at the front of it? You know, who comes out at the start of the season and tries to rally the crowd? Not that it works, but, you know, it's Zach. Do you know what I mean? So whatever AK does here has got to be the right thing. And it can't be a case of just get, a veteran in, a salary filler, a prospect and a, a few picks, you know what I mean? Because that doesn't really get us anywhere. That doesn't change bulls, I don't think, because chances are that veteran's gone at the end of the year when we don't make the playoffs. The prospect we don't develop, 
because he won't play, because Billy won't change the rotation. And the picks, if Zach's going off to a team to become a contender, that pick ends up being 20 to 30, and we don't draft well. We'll get another Dale and Terry. You know, or a Marco or somebody like that. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, where where did your head go with this one? So, just to clarify what you were saying there, are you saying that you'd prefer Zach to stay or do you think it's time for him to go? Uh, initially, I thought I, I didn't want him to go. But as the seasons, uh, the way the season started and how much Zach's pissing me off at the minute, kind of feels like it's time. Regardless of whether we see him as the franchise player, the best player, whatever it happens to be. Yeah, it just feels now. Now's the time. We we kind of ran the Zach experiment. It's not working. He's not a one A. You know, in a lot of teams, he's probably not even a one B. You know, he's probably the second option, maybe even third option, depending where it is he goes. And it just seems like he's not the guy to to lead this Bulls team. I 100% agree. Um, you know, I've been kind of, <laughs> I've been kind of in contact with you for the last while, um, and a lot of what I've been kind of saying has been about Zach. Um, I, I mean, I have a Zach jersey. I have very much been behind him. He started to lose me a little bit last season, but I kind of came back from it. Um, but I am. I'm all the way out on Zach Levine at this stage. Uh, last night cemented it for me. I mean, I was practically, I said it to you, I was said I was almost out on Zach after last night. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just done. And then this news today saying that he's potentially, he has requested a trade or said that he is open to discussion of a trade. I think he knows himself. He's, he's done here. This isn't working for him and he isn't working for the Bulls anymore. Zach, last night, very much looked like a player who just wanted to look good for Zach. Um, pad, pad the stats. Pad his own stats. Oh. To up his own trade value. Yeah. Because he'd already checked out. Yeah. Um, I, I think he is done in his own head. Um. I was trying to put my finger on what it was that was missing this season with him. I was trying to think maybe it was this back injury, this back spasm that apparently he had, but I don't think it's that. I think Zach just is done with being in Chicago. I think he knows uh, it's not working and he doesn't know how to make it work. And the reason why he doesn't know how to make it work is because Zach is not that guy. We have tried to mould him into being that guy, that franchise player, that that game changer for us. And he just isn't. He is not clutch. He has not got a high basketball IQ. He doesn't seem to know how to control his petulant ways. He gets increasingly frustrated with not 
getting what he wants on the court with the officials, with his other players. Um, I loved your verbal flop comment on the last um, pod that you did. Hey. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it is the equivalent to a flop with his gob. He is basically trying to influence the referee to give him um, free throws because he's not trying to actually put the ball in the bucket. He's think, looking um, for free throws. I think Bobby Portis must have listened last last week. Oh, man. Cause... Stop flopping. Stop flopping. Yeah. Stop flopping. He just kept saying it to him. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, look, I... I I know Bobby Portis was before we started doing this, but um, I was a, I was a big fan of Bobby, and uh, I really liked him. And uh, I mean, you don't get much more of a dog than than Bobby. And mm. I kind of enjoyed him going at Zach, and and that's a bit wrong, right? <laughs> but <laughs> so did Zach. Well, that was the, the weird fact. thing. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? Um, I know that yeah, the, think... they are friends, and they've had a little bit. They had a bit of a. Was it last year where they had a bit of a coming together? And yeah. Everyone was that. like, "Oh, you know, you don't want to mess with Bobby Portis," but he was like, "No, they're actually friends." That's yeah, yeah. That, you know, but listen, you can be you can be friends off the court, and you can be um, enemies very much <laughs> enemies on the court. Um, but like Zach really frustrated me in the last few games, and I, and I've said this to you privately. The guy can jump out the gym, right? He's not old; he's in his prime. He's not officially injured right now. Right. He's a two time slam dunk champ. Who gets to the rim, he gets to the basket, he makes all these fancy little moves and swings the ball around and gets into a position where he's two inches away from the rim and blows a frickin layup. Stuff the ball in the basket. You're going to get yourself your two points and maybe you'll get your free throw as well. Why go up there and then feebly try to throw the ball into the basket from a layup position looking for the two free throws? Guarantee your points put the ball in the bucket. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get why he keeps doing it. We all know he's more than capable of throwing the ball through the hoop. Why on earth will he not do it? And for me, <laughs> I'm done with him. I'm done with him. Zach, it's time to go, buddy. I've enjoyed you on the balls. I've really liked you as a person, as a player, but I'm done. You're done. It's time to walk. Let's get something new in. Well, <laughs> so you're done on Zach, but not on P-Will. No, I'm not done on P-Will. <laughs> I'm not done on yeah. P-Will. And, and, but I'm done, I'm done on P-Will being that guy going forward as well. But I'm not done on P. Will, but I am done on Zach. P. Will, I don't think, has checked out. I don't know if you ever checked in. I don't think he ever checked in. You're right. <laughs> I knew that was coming. That's why I got in there first. P. P. Will has never checked out fully. Whether he checked in fully is by the by. But Zach, for me, Zach isn't here anymore. In his own headspace, he's looking at what's next, next for Zach Levine outside mm. of the box. Yeah, I mean, just sort of quickly on Zach before we sort of wrap it up. Like I say, it's that that verbal flopping for me. You know, you can you can have a Bulls game on in the background and you know exactly what's going on. Yeah. Because 
if he wasn't watching, you'd hear, hey! And yeah. uh, Zach's gone to the rim. He's, he's missed it. He hasn't got his free throws. And now he's probably gobbling at the ref as he's running back yeah. up. Out of position, they've gone to hit a right. three. And we mentioned that last year. And we probably, if we'd have been doing this before that, we'd have mentioned it before that as well. Um, and for me, it's kind of like he's trying to get the, it pisses me off, but the superstar calls or the star yeah. calls, whatever it is you want to call it. And he's just not, he's not seen by the refs as being that player. No, he's and not. He and it kind of feels like if he didn't scream as he went up, the refs might actually go, oh, there was contact there. But you screaming is selling the contact. It, you know, we're seeing you've initiated the contact, so it's not a foul. And if he just went up quiet, it's as if it's habit for him now, though. That's the annoying thing, is yeah. if he can't jump without screaming. And it's just like, just stop. You know, if you don't get the call, just get your head back in the game, go back, grab the ball, and run like fuck and slam it down next time. But mm -hmm. that's, you know. So, yeah, um, I mean, obviously the big question is now going to be, well, obviously Twitter's gone into, or Bulls Nation's gone into meltdown with it all anyway. Yeah. But I'm sure there's more gonna, to come for the night. Yeah, you're going to start seeing trade machine ideas uh, and obviously we you see Lakers are going to get thrown in at some point because it's Lakers um, but like I say what if this, there is some some truth to everything all that's going on all I can hope is that we don't undersell it and we get what we deserve for a max player you know, like, because to be fair, what from what I've seen, the, the trades that have come out from all these different sources, I won't take any of them. Mm. Yeah. That's, well, look, they, have, they have a month to figure something out, right? Yeah. And like, like I say, is it too late? Because we could have done something in the off-season and maybe got more with who was you know, on expiring contracts free agents whatever happens to be you know we kind of saw how little value Zach's got by the fact that whether there was any truth to it Portland didn't want him mm -hmm. you know not that Scoot Henderson's exactly set the legal light but no. we could have got into that position um, yeah I guess it's uh, a wait and see with Zach at the minute yeah it is and uh, you know don't get me wrong I'm not here saying trade him at all costs, whatever it takes, get rid of him, we'll take anything. It has to be the right trade. It has to be the right move. Um, but like I said earlier on, it, it's maybe time to start looking at players that fit the system that Billy wants to run a little bit more than than uh, Zach maybe does and, and what we have does. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I've got nothing else on Zach. If you have. No, I think I've said enough. Yeah, now we were going to talk a little bit about Windy City um, for this one, but we've gone on enough. So just quickly, obviously, they're three games in now. One, two, uh, lost one. Um, lost the opener against Iowa Wolves. I actually got up to watch that one. 
didn't get up for the back-to-back. Um, seen the highlights and all that. Didn't watch last night's because obviously as it finished, Bulls were starting, so I was asleep. But from following it as much as I have done, um, you know, they're, they're still obviously finding themselves as as a team. There's a lot of new players on it. The one player who's impressed me a lot is Max Heidegger, um, Bulls legend. But essentially, he's going to be Carlit Jones. You know what I mean? Um, he's a G League player. Quentin Jackson, absolute highlight player to watch. Suited for the G League, I think. Mm-hmm. In yeah. terms of the three players that I wanted to pay attention to, obviously, Onrof Bittim, Adama Sonogo, and... Uh, what's his name? It's him, Justin Lewis. Bittim seems to be getting going. Um, still seems very like he's still trying to adapt to the American style. Sonogo's an absolute beast. You're not moving him in the paint. Um, can't remember his exact stat lines, but he's like getting double doubles, rebounds for fun. You're just not moving him in the paint. Him and Bittim do seem to be forming a bit of a link, which. I think it'll be good to watch progress. Mm-hmm. Justin Lewis um, played the first one, didn't do a lot. Sat the second one, and he played last night, and I don't think he did a lot last night either. Hopefully, a year down there, and we do see what we want to see from Justin Lewis. But I know you haven't particularly been able to pay much attention. Um, no. Been over there. But yeah, they play again on. Friday, I think it is 11 p.m. UK time. So, depending on my work week goes, I might stay up to watch that before the real Bulls start. Because the way things are going, I'm enjoying Windy City more than I'm enjoying Chicago Bulls at the minute. So, predictions. You did flash it up a minute ago. Uh, yeah, I was a bit premature. <laughs> we've got four games before we're probably going to do another episode. Um, and it is basically Bulls taking on Florida. Yeah. Um, your team, Orlando Magic, in tomorrow night. And Friday night, uh, the Friday game is the second of the fucking in-season tournament bollocks, that horrible red court, horrible City Edition jerseys. Oh, yeah, I don't like the City Edition jersey. Well, I like the shorts. I don't like the jersey, but um, I, I like the red court too. No, no, it was too much. I like red, but that was too red. My eyes were hurting at the end of it, mainly because of how crap bulls were as well. But anyway, uh, yeah, magic tomorrow night. Uh, well, Thursday morning for us. And then the game after as well. Now, obviously, you've been on your little scouting trip. Mm-hmm. You've uh, come back full of knowledge on magic. Well, uh, I don't know about full of knowledge, but I've got one game's worth, <laughs> one game's worth of a take. Where they looked, hey. they looked good. They looked good. Um, I mean, they were uh, definitely in control the entire game against the Bucks. Um, the the Dameless Bucks. Although, to be honest with you, you hardly know Dame was on the court last night. Yeah, but um, Dame, ta- Dame uh, yeah, Dame time's on there. Uh, messed up with his time time zones, isn't he? At the minute, he's yeah, what, where where he is. But, but um, yeah, no, the, the Magic, um, you know. Banquero is going to be a real solid player for them going forward. Uh, he was very, very entertaining to watch. 
Jalen Suggs was strong as well. I really enjoyed him. And the Wagner brothers, both of them put down a good game too. Um, you know, I, I kind of always had it in my head that Franz was way better than than Mo. But um, to be fair, they, they both looked very, very good against the Bucks the other night. So um, there's definitely talent there. They're a young team and they play with, with pace. And they were shooting well from, from distance and they were working the paint well uh, as well. So these are all areas of, of concern uh, for the Bulls because they're areas where we underperform. Yeah, uh, obviously last year, I can't remember, was it? Did they sweep us or did we split the series? Or not sweep? Uh, did we get one and they got three? Am I right saying that? That's why I thought, yeah, similar to Pacers, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, we were, we were shit against them, either way. Yeah. Either um, <laughs> way, we should have been better, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, these two games, I'd, yeah, my, my level of optimism is seriously just up and gone with this Bulls team right now. So, I'd like to say we split these two games, but quite honestly, I can see us losing them both. Okay. So, we're going to get a big... Yeah, but I think we'll get a big performance out of Zach to up his trade value. I actually think that now that this information has broke um, about Zach being interested in, and open to a trade move, um, we're going to see an elevation to his game. Because, like I said, Zach is now looking at looking after Zach. Yeah. And he knows that the better his trade value the more swing he'll have and where he goes. So I agree, basically. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think for the two magic games then? I think we split them. Um, I have no clue which order it goes. I think potentially we win the first and lose the second, but it, it could go either way. But I do think it'd be a split. Yeah. And then we've got the two games against Heat. Uh, I think one Saturday, one Monday, I think it worked out to be. Uh, yeah. The way the season started, I thought we could have beat Heat in both of these. The way the season's progressed so far, Heat, God knows what they do down there. God knows what they feed them. But their roster is shocking and they still get wins. And that's with... Jimmy Butler's sitting half of the time as well. Do you know what I mean? It's just Bam Adebayo is just looking unreal at the minute as well. Yeah, yeah. He'll destroy Vooch. He usually does. Um, like I say, at the start of the season, I just put us down to win these two or at least split them. But again, I just can't see it. So I'm going to say four losses. Wow. And. I'm hardly going to sit here and say, oh, no, definitely not, because you just don't know, you know. It's... The, thing is, the worrying thing is I say that with a smile on my face because it really doesn't bother me anymore. That's how what emotionally... A what a lovely place to be in. What a wonderful world <sighs> to be in. It's what happens when you emotionally detach. <laughs> yeah, I'm incapable of emotional detachment from this team, no matter how hard I've tried over the years. <laughs> but for me... Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say we. I'm gonna say we split them as well. So I'm gonna say we will take one against the Magic and one against the Heat. 
Yeah, but obviously, I'd rather you're right. You but... that Riley Juju juice that he seems to feed him. You just never, you just never know. No. And we know that at least in one of the games, Jimmy's going to destroy us. He'll probably sit the other one, but he'll destroy us in the one he does play. And probably so, yeah. The yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that pretty much wraps it up. We've probably gone on a little bit longer than expected, or probably as expected, more to the case. Well, I have you a lot had... to say. I'd love to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's it. We'll probably be back after these four games, Tuesday, Wednesday, somewhere like that next week. Uh, probably with a lot more to say as well. Yeah, <laughs> um, probably. Probably all bad. But anyway, obviously, welcome back to Neil. Um, I know everyone was excited by it as much as me, with it, especially after the jersey countdown. Which <laughs> yeah, thanks. For that. It made me feel uh, a hell of a lot more important than I actually am. But thanks anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the players selected probably didn't know until maybe D Rose. Yeah, I do. No, but listen, I can take the abuse, right? I, if I'm a, if I'm able to dish it out, I'm able to take it back, and I kind of I got a lot of enjoyment out of all the banter, and and you know we often talk about our fantasy league group. Shout out to all the lads there as well, and I enjoy I enjoy the banter, I enjoy the abuse, I can take it. Don't worry. <laughs> so yeah, the the title of this episode is "It Won't Happen Again," and that was in homage to Demar with what he says, because everything we've just discussed, it won't happen again, according to Demar, but also. Yeah. Also, Neil won't be going on holiday again at the start of the NBA season. <laughs> well, in, in fairness, this this holiday that I just finished was originally planned for the year of COVID before we knew COVID was coming, of course. Um, it was planned for about two years prior to that and then had to be kiboshed because of COVID. Um, so it's about five years in the making. So in, in fairness, I hadn't planned it. <laughs> specifically to interact or, or should I say interrupt what we're doing here. What we're doing here didn't exist when I first planned the holidays. But, um, I'll think about it more from now on. <laughs> but no, Obviously, as usual, thanks everybody for listening. Hope you've uh, enjoyed the return of Neil as much as I have. Um, as it says there, uh, I've got my boy back. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we'll be back next week. And as usual, you can find me on Twitter at Matt C. Red UK, and you can find us on all the socials at C. Red UK. And you can find me on Twitter at Neil C. Red UK. And on behalf of both Matt and myself and the Fans First Sports Network, thanks once again to everyone for tuning in. Whether you're watching or listening, please do subscribe, rate, and review, and give us a thumbs up on YouTube. It helps us to keep providing you with the content. Before I say goodbye, I would just like to say absolute hats off and kudos to Matt for keeping the show on the road while I was gone. I do appreciate it. Uh, I know we have our fun taking the mick out of each other, but uh, seriously, you've done a bang-up job keeping keeping the show afloat. So well done. Uh, from us both, do remember it's the Chicago Bulls thing. Wherever in the world you are supporting this, well, I normally say amazing team, but this team anyway. Until next time, see red people and go Bulls. Percolator. It's time for the Percolator.